Welcome back to Seeing Life from a Different Angle. This is actually podcast number 61, if you can believe it. It's hard to believe that it's um, have that many have been put out already. Um, and I hope that uh, they have been of some help to you in some ways. I, I wanted to, uh, albeit briefly, address um, last week's episode. Um, it's called Turning the Mirror on Myself. And the reason I wanted to address it was because I wanted to clarify any misperceptions that people might have. Um, you know, I think in that episode, now I know in that episode since I was the one that did it, um, I, I was bearing my soul to some degree. Not something I tend to do a great deal of on this podcast, but, you know, I wanted to let you know that, you know, I, for those of you who are concerned that I might be struggling the case is not so. I am incredibly happy and incredibly blessed. I have a lovely, wonderful relationship with my wife and our kids. We are very blessed to have five kids and four amazing grandchildren. And, you know, I, more than anything, to add to this wonderful list of blessings that I have on this earth, you know, I feel such a close relationship with God that I have never felt in my life before. And I think a lot of this conversation that I had last week, a lot of the statements that I made last week, centered around the notion that for, you know, 50 plus years of my life, I have been struggling with the idea of letting God be an active part of my life. And I finally was willing to after numerous, numerous, numerous attempts on his part to knock at the door and have me open the door, um, you know, I finally decided that I was willing to use the doorknob on my side of the door and open the door and let him in. And it has been a true blessing. I won't say, and I agree with C.S. Lewis in this regard, I won't say that it's been easy. You know, it's one of those strange things about human behavior is that we naturally tend to fall back on the status quo, you know, and whenever we challenge the status quo, whenever we challenge the way that we've gotten gratification before, even if we know or don't that that gratification is not healthy for us or not truly gratifying, or it's, as I've referred to it before, as an artificial pleasure, you know, something that eases attention but doesn't really bring us anything, you know, even though these experiences have occurred in each of our lives, you know, when we come to realize that there is something more, it is very difficult to accept that something more. It's very difficult to challenge ourselves to accept something that we're not used to accepting. And in truth, it's very difficult for our ego to give up something that it's become so used to. Why would it do that, we would ask? You know, when we are first born, and we live in that wide open reality that I postulate exists. You know, when we're in that space, you know, we are given everything. We are loved. We are, you know, treated with tenderness and care. Now, the thing of it is, as one of my listeners had said, you know, in her response on the Facebook page, um, she said, you know, I wish that for a moment that could have been the case. I think the sad reality of it is that that moment just doesn't last long enough for, for many people. You know, we are born into situations that are difficult or painful, and our parents doing the best that they can, I believe that that to be the case. And even though 
the best they can may be really, really terrible. You know, I believe that given history, they are where they are based upon the experiences of their own lives, based upon where it is that they are taken by their parents and where their parents are taken by their parents. And that myopic reality that we all end up having to live in, that only one being has ever been able to avoid, and that is Jesus Christ. I mean, he lived in that wide open reality all the time. And yet we all have these long, this longing within us unconsciously to get back to that place. But our ego will fight against it because it's so used to what it is we're familiar with, that status quo. And so for me, you know, there was this need to hang on to that status quo. And it was difficult and it was painful. And I will not claim in any way to be as wise or bright as C.S. Lewis or Sigmund Freud, both who are very important figures in my life. But I will say that, you know, I was in my own way a reluctant convert too. You know, I believe in the Holy Trinity. I believed in God. I believed in Christ. I believed in the Holy Spirit. I believed in heaven. And I believed in hell. And not that those things have changed, but it was a passive belief at best. And so it was kind of like, I'll go to church and I'll do my things and I'll give money to charity and all these other types of things. But there was always that piece of pride that got in the way. There's always that piece of pride that says, well, look how well I'm doing or look what I can bring in in terms of money to the home. And you give yourself the illusion that when you're doing so, you're really doing it for your family. But I think we all know better if we're really willing to look at it. We're doing it for ourselves. Not to say we're spending that money on ourselves, don't get me wrong, but we're doing it because some part of our ego gets some measure of gratification from it, what we could call pride. You know, we have this sense of pride because we're able to support our family. In truth, that's not loving. It isn't loving. Instead, what it is, it's self-serving and self-preserving. You know, and what we need to be able to do is to recognize that, you know, there's an importance to being humble. It's an importance to being able to say, okay, well, you know, I did this, I made this amount of money, whatever it is, but I made it for my family. Not so that they could look at me and say, wow, look how much you've done for us. Wow, look how much you make. Wow, look how much taxes you have to pay for all the money that you made. That's not the point. It never was the point. You know, <clears throat> when we think about the the things that we do, we have to make a choice as to whether or not we do them for ourselves or we do them for other people. And pride gets in our way. It keeps us believing that we're doing this for others when in truth we're really doing it for ourselves. And so pride got in my way and it held me back for a very long period of time. And I think it's one of those types of things where I, you feel that, and I certainly did for myself, that you know, I'm working really hard, I'm doing all these things, and I'm taking care of all these people. But then I think what ends up happening is that the ego realizes that it's not really getting what all that it's looking for. And at a deeper unconscious level, the wide open reality that we have, the longing to go back to that place of true connection with God and true connection with our fellow man in a loving way, it gets farther and farther away from your vision gets more and more deeply repressed. And so I think the key here is this, is to be able to look at ourselves and ask ourselves, what is it that is motivating us here? Am I motivated genuinely out of a desire to take care of my family, 
to take care of those that I love? Or am I doing this so I have this hill of pride in my life? This place where I can say, look at me, I'm up here on this mountaintop and you know, I'm doing all these things. I'm helping all these people. When in truth, you know, we're just turning our backs on love. We're turning our backs on it because behind that pride is a fear that what if I don't keep these things going? What if I don't preserve this state of being and I let it slide or it's taken away from me? And I think it is pride that kind of holds us at this place. And it is, as C.S. Lewis said, you know, the forerunner to all sin. Because with pride, there's a necessity to hold on to things and to maintain things and to say, I deserve more things. Gimme, 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 gimme. Like, what about Bob? You know, I need, I need, I need. You know, and while it's funny in the movie, it's not funny in our real lives. Because in our real lives, that need isn't the need of healthiness. It isn't the need of connection. It isn't the need of a space of living. It's the need of deprivation. It is a need of desperation. It is a need of maintaining the self above the connections with other people. It is that subjective piece of ourselves that says, I deserve more. I want more. This is about me. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that we will do things for other people. We will help other people. But let's be honest. We have to look at ourselves and ask ourselves, why are we doing this? The question of why is so important. And it's something we run away from. And even though I practiced for many, many years as a psychoanalytic psychotherapist, you know, and there were many times when I would ask the question, why? Rarely did I turn the mirror on myself enough to say, why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Because not all the things that one does are healthy for oneself, certainly not healthy for other people, especially when pride takes precedence. You know, when you start to think that you deserve more, you start to think you need more, you start to think that the world's not giving you all that you deserve, you need to stop and ask yourself, am I really doing this for myself? Am I thinking about what the other people might need? Am I truly being objective? Am I being a man of the chest that says, okay, you know what, I recognize my own feelings, my own thoughts, but I also need to be able to recognize those of others. If we're not doing that, we are leading what we could call a sinful life, a life of turning our back on love, turning our back on truth, turning our back on those that need us. It goes back to something that I have mentioned before, and I will probably mention a thousand times for those who are willing to keep listening. It's like, you know, we spend our whole lives moving towards the things that we think matter to us and turning our back on love, turning our back on truth. And love and truth are God. And we're constantly turning our back on that. And then we get angry. We get ticked off and pissed off because God's not there for me when I need him to be. Why is God not protecting me from this or that? Why is God not answering my prayers when I cry out in the middle of the night because, you know, this or that experience is happening to me? It's not that God's not answering our prayers. It's just that we're not asking. We're not really asking. We're asking not for this blessing. We're asking for a correction of our pride. We're asking for things to fit 
the way we would like them to be, not the way that God knows that they should be. You know, we, we have this free will. We have this choice. We have this opportunity to ask, you know, of ourselves and to ask of others what it is that we would like to have, the way we would like it to be. And there's nothing wrong with free will because it's free will that drives us as well to turn back to God. But it's when we allow that free will to make the determination for us to maintain the status quo, to keep things going as they've always been. You know, my best friend Tom and I were having a conversation this weekend. And one of the things we talked about was the question of progress and whether we as a society or we as individuals as well are progressing or are we fooling ourselves into believing that we're moving toward a better world when the truth is is that what's really healthiest for us as human beings what's healthiest for us in terms of our connections with other people would be what i would refer to as regression you know it's about going back to where it is we came from not the world that pulled us out of that space of wide open reality but back toward that wide open reality where Miracles can happen, where magic does exist, where love is there, is present, where we are face-to-face with God, we are face-to-face with those that we love, and that God plays such an integral part in all of these actions of our life. It's funny, we think that we got this handled. You know, we've got it all down. Who needs God? Why do I need that? And yet the truth of it is, we do. God doesn't need us. You know, he doesn't need anything from us. What could he possibly need? The man who created everything, you know, what would he need with some, you know, Joe Blow from Nashua, New Hampshire to be there to say, you know, I'm here. I love you too. He doesn't need that, but he gives that. And I think that that's part of the purpose of our life is to reach out to others like I'm doing here, to reach out to others and say, you know, come back, come back, regress back to that wide open reality that you may have only had for a moment. You may have had for a day, a week, a month, a year, five years, even if you're blessed, come back. Because the way the world is leading us is not progress, it's destruction. You know, it's not leading us to a greater sense of connection with others. It's leading to greater segregation and separation. And we have a choice to make. You know, I hope that you will make the choice to say, okay, I want to move back toward where it is that love exists, toward a place of living, toward a place of connection. Choice is yours. Be well.